It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 11th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll replay our locker room from yesterday. I talk about the importance of of the Magic's draft pick in determining who they can get for a coach, as well as how aggressive they will be this offseason. I do address the Kristaps Porzingis stuff that is going around uh, and answer some of your questions about the Orlando Magic and their future coming up here, especially when it comes to the coaching search. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a minute. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA but the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Utah Jazz after their big win over the LA Clippers? Check out Locked On Jazz. How about the Milwaukee Bucks after they beat the Brooklyn Nets? Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Moments segment coming up later in the episode. Now let's head into the locker room. This is a locker room production. Hello, everyone. And officially, welcome to this week's locker room. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as the host of Locked On Magic. I appreciate everyone joining our room today. We've got a lot going on in the Magic universe today. Obviously, since we last chatted, the Magic are now seeking a new coach with the mutual parting with Steve Clifford. Um, we've got, we're obviously a, a, a couple weeks, about 10 days away now, uh, a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know how days work, but 12 days away from the NBA draft lottery and a lot of the Magic's future coming into focus. Uh, and that's really kind of where I want to start with. So before we get into any of the, the questions that you might have in the comments or any speaker requests, let's have this opening statement, so to speak. So much of what the Orlando Magic are going to be doing over the next over this offseason is just too difficult to predict right now. It's just too difficult to say which coach the Magic will hire which players the Magic will pursue in the, in the offseason until we get one piece of the puzzle in place. Circle June, I'm sure we all have June 22nd circled on our calendars already, but circle it again and then circle it again. And then maybe circle like the interior of that date because the NBA draft lottery is going to go a long way in determining what kind of team the Orlando Magic can be and what kind of things they're going to be looking to do this year. Look, we've all gone through a lot of these coaching candidates already, uh, whether it's looking for an experienced coach like Terry Stotts, uh, looking for a, a, a college coach like Penny Hardaway or Juwan Howard, looking for 
longtime assistants like David Vanderpool are going after other coaches. Um, you know, there's there's a report from uh, from Hoopsype that suggests the Magic are, are looking into uh, Kenny Atkinson, the former Nets coach, Ime Yadoka, who's an assistant with the Nets as well, um, or uh, or one of the Bucks or one of the Bucks assistants too. It's a list that every single team right now that's looking for a coach has. The Magic are casting a very, very wide net in their search for a coach. One of the conversations I had yesterday was actually about the roster, about whether the Magic would be a team that might be interested in chasing after Kristaps Porzingis. In fact, our, our pals at betonline.eg put the Magic fourth in their odds to acquire Porzingis. And while the Magic could certainly put together an interesting package for Porzingis, my initial reaction was, I don't know if the team is ready to invest that much. He's got, I think, three years left, around $30 million per um, on him. But he would obviously be an upgrade in talent at the center position, regardless of how you feel about Wendell Carter. I, I, I initially dismissed it out of hand, but after some discussion with, with some fans, I don't think it's so crazy uh, to, to go after a player like Porzingis. He would give the Magic a, a pretty substantial lift immediately, give them a huge offensive weapon. But is he really the guy that you want to pair with the team long-term? And honestly, while I, I think there are, there are definitely some real questions, honestly, honestly, I can't really answer that until we know the draft pick. If the Magic draft Cade Cunningham and they have a guard in place and Cade looks like he could be the guy, could be a true star, someone who comes in immediately and changes this franchise, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe the Magic can push themselves to win a little sooner than they expected. If they end up with the fifth pick and it's Jonathan Kuminga, that's a terrible idea. If it's Jalen Green, is that somewhere in the middle? I don't know. I don't have the answer to these questions because we don't have the draft pick. At the end of the day, the Magic can't play in anything until they know exactly who they're going to get with that draft pick. And honestly, they can't really plan anything until they know what kind of player they're getting to and whether that player can truly make an immediate impact. You look at the rebuilds around the league, and Jeff Feldman, I thought, made a really good comment during his pr press conference announcing the parting with Steve Clifford. The Magic are not searching a sugar high, as he put it, which was sort, which he admitted was sort of what they did with those two playoff arts they had the last three years. And I think we're, I think I, I know I've said it. I think the Magic were a victim of their own success a little bit. They stuck with that path, tried to move forward, and went as far as they could. Now they're turning back. They're not about to go push themselves or push themselves back into a corner where they have no flexibility. And the Magic certainly worked very, very hard to create some salary cap flexibility with this very, very young and now full roster. And the question I would have is, would Kristaps Porzingis, a player like him or a player of his caliber, be a good thing for a young Magic roster? Uh, on the court, skill-wise, he might very well be. Off the court, personality-wise, with his goals, he may not be because he's clearly looking to be a bigger piece of the offense and a bigger star And the Magic, obviously, probably have some, some other players they want to develop. But this is the main point. I'm not talking specifically about a rumor involving a coach. I'm not talking even specifically about this Kristaps Porzingis rumor and whatever interest Magic fans may or may not have in Kristaps Porzingis or other star players like Kemba Walker, who I don't think the Magic would have any interest in, um, who might become available on the trade market. The Magic don't know what they want. The Magic don't know what they need until 
the draft pick is in place. That draft pick is everything. That top five pick, whatever pick that the Magic get with their own draft pick is everything. Orlando has been searching for a star since Dwight Howard left. No offense to Nikola Vucevic. They've been looking for a player that they could truly, truly, truly build around. And they haven't gotten it yet. They had the, they were in draft position to get it on several occasions, whether it was the second pick when they took Victor Oladipo, which was a good pick. Whether it was the fourth pick when they took Aaron Gordon, which was a good pick. Or the fifth pick when they took Mario Azonia, which was not a good pick. But it made sense at the time. The Magic, for whatever reason, have not been able to acquire that true central figure. And if they want to get this rebuild right, they're going to need some luck. They're going to need some fortune. They're going to need some smart drafting. But they need to get that central figure in place first. I can't sit here and predict who this Magic team is going to become yet. You get the number one pick, all of a sudden a coach like Kenny Atkinson, maybe even a coach like Terry Stotts, might make more sense if they truly believe that a player like Cade Cunningham can turn things around that quickly. Don't get that pick. End up with the fourth pick. End up with the fifth pick. Those top coaches are probably not interested. Even a coach like Chauncey Billups, who seems to have his pick of the litter as a first-time coach, is not likely to come here. Star players open doors. These coaches are not dumb. They know that the Magic are likely in for a longer rebuild. So getting higher in the draft makes it more likely to, in their mind probably, that the Magic are not going to take forever, that they'll be able to win quickly, that the Magic will put the resources up to win quickly. But they got to get the pick first. They've got to get that pick in place. And so June 22nd is going to be an important day. The Magic will not have a coach by June 22nd. Instead, the Magic will be evaluating and looking for the right guy once they know where they're picking. It's a huge marketing tool, not just for ticket sales reps, not just for fans. It's a huge marketing tool for the team. One they have to get right and one they have to be in place. So I'm certainly here, sit, certainly here sitting, certainly here saying that June 22nd is the most important day on the Magic calendar. That's kind of where I want to start things. That's kind of where I want to start things off on today's podcast, on today's uh, discussion. Please let me know what you think. I'm, I'm going to scroll through the chat here. If you want to hop on and make a speaker request and ask a question directly, please do so. Obviously, we got the coaching search uh, well underway. It seems like as the Magic are starting to put their list of names together. I don't anticipate the new coach to be in place before uh, before the uh, before the NBA draft lottery. So it will take some time. They're going to go through a lot of candidates. A lot of these candidates are, inter- are guys they've interviewed before even three years ago when they hired Steve Clifford. Um, let's get to some of your comments. Daniel Wharton said, says, betting favorite to become our head coach is Cassell, then Stotts, then Vanderpool. Raph Henry says, would like Vanderpool, young coach, good with development, could grow with team. Um, I agree with Raph, actually. I think this is the perfect, perfect, perfect uh, team for David Vanderpool to, t- to take over. Um, I have David Vanderpool right now as my leader in the clubhouse. Uh, I do like Kenny Atkinson as well. Um, but Vanderpool, to me... Um, the, the, the endorsement that he's gotten from Damian Lillard, uh, I don't know why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet. Um, it, it really sounds like, um, it really sounds like, uh, uh, for whatever reason, he's just he's not interviewing well, which can be coded language. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, 
I, I think that the endorsement that he's got, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, the endorsement that he's gotten from Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, especially with the development that they've gone through. Remember, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum both came from small schools. They were not like top, top, top picks. They really had to work and grind to get where they want to go. And obviously, they're special people. They're not where they are simply because of their coach. But their coach was a big part of their development. And, and I think that I think that Vanderpool has certainly earned an opportunity. And I, I don't understand why he hasn't gotten one yet. Um, I always do caution. And again, I'm trying to be very present and aware because I do know there's an issue in the NBA right now with hiring uh, black leaders, um, especially uh, exec- executives, front office, front, off- front office managers, analytics departments, and, and especially um, head coaches as well. Um, I'm trying to be very, very careful in what I say here and just to come in with that, that understanding and that acknowledgement. Um, I don't know why Vanderpool hasn't gotten an opportunity yet, but a lot of us, in the, a lot of us even in the media, we don't always know what goes into what assistant coaches do and how that translates to head coaches and, and everything that a head coach has to present. Um, we don't know what really goes on in that job interview. Um, and again, I, I, I'm fully recognizing that there's a lot of, a lot of coded language and, and I want to be conscious of that. And so I'm hoping that consciousness can uh, sort of absolve me a little bit of um, absolve me of, of, of some things that I'm saying that are, that are hopefully that may unintentionally, you know, dance or dance around the line. I don't want to dance around. Um, but to me, Vanderpool is ready for the head coaching job. Everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, I've had him on my coaching list since the Magic hired Jacques Vaughn to be crying out loud or hired Scott Skiles, one of those two. Um, he, I know he interviewed with the Magic when they hired Scott Skiles. He interviewed with the Magic when they hired Fr- Frank Vogel. I, I believe he interviewed, I, he certainly, I'm sorry, excuse me, he interviewed with the Magic when they hired Frank Vogel. He interviewed for the Magic when they hired Steve Clifford. This is a guy that I think is very, has been very, very close to a shot. He's gotten a lot of interviews. Some, someone's going to Someone's going to knock on that door and give him a job. And, and I think, this magic job would be a good one. Um, just coming down uh, on the wires as I'm wa- as I'm uh, talking here. Uh, sources tell Adrian Wojnarowski, VSBN, Michigan's Jawan Howard is t- continues to tell NBA teams he's not interested even in discussing leaving Ann Arbor. Teams are also calling together intel on Memphis coach Penny Hardaway's work. Um, he's going to get offers for openings on- in this NBA job cycle. So um, it does. You know, again, we talked about Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway said on a Memphis radio station that he was flattered uh, of, to get considered, but he still felt like he had work in Memphis. Um, it's very, very possible that Hardaway is just kind of going through the NBA uh, interview process. Um, there's definitely, that's definitely something that happens, just going through the interview process, getting that experience. Um, that's something that Pat Delaney did last year with the New York Knicks job. Even if you're not getting a job, going through the process and understanding what that process is can be very, very valuable. But like I said, David Vanderpool has been through that process and he, I think he deserves some work there. Um, on the point of Kristaps uh, Porzingis, Raph Henry, Raph Henry adds, Porzingis passed. He's a shell of himself. Um, Alex Simpson agrees, saying, don't feel like we need another guy who's oft injured. And, and then to me, that's why I stay away from Porzingis it's, as much as it is about some of the off-court stuff. Um, skill-wise, I think he fits. But um, I think when it comes to... Uh, I think when it comes to uh, the injury issues... The Magic already have a pretty injury-prone guy in Jonathan Isaac right now. And again, I don't think Jonathan Isaac's super injury-prone. Um, but he's obviously missed the majority of three or four of his seasons in the NBA. Um, so I think that I think that you don't want to pair Isaac and Porzingis together, even if they might ultimately be a good fit. It'd be, it'd be a, a huge, huge, huge risk. But again, I think the Magic have to have everything on the table. Um, I think that they have to be 
looking at a lot of things, um, uh, uh, looking at a lot of things and, and, and being willing to attack uh, any issue that comes to their table. Seeing a lot of discussion uh, on whether the Magic should draft Evan Mobley with some of the bigs that they have. Um, Alejandro Rivera uh, commented, um, agree with that, but I'm listing out the possibilities. I could see us trading one or of or both of WCJ and Bamba if they don't like them that much, depending on how things play out. Um, both Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba will be, um, will be, uh, what's it called? Uh, will be restricted free agents at the end of the season. Uh, so I do think that, I do think that uh, the Magic are going to be very, you know, careful with how they evaluate them. I don't think either one will get an extension this year. Um, I think the Magic would be fine going into the season with both of them. But if a better center center prospect, whether it's Evan Mobley, whether it's a free agent. Um, I personally think the Magic do need to get a veteran big. Um, I would probably be looking to trade Mobamba at this point. I think he, need, I think just for him, he needs a new environment. He needs a new pair of eyes, and obviously he'll get that with a new coach. But unless Bomb is really showing a ton of development, I'd be looking to move him right now. Um, you know, and and seeing if Wendell Carter can be your guy. And if he can't, um, you know, again, have a veteran in place. Look for look for one in the draft. You know, I I just I I, I mentioned it on my pod uh, earlier today um, that. I would be focusing this draft pick on, on uh, wings. Um, I, I would take Jalen Green over, over Evan Mobley right now. I, I don't think I'd take Jalen Suggs over Evan Mobley, but I think the way this league is going, you build from the outside in. You need wings to score. Um, so I think that I think that's, that's something the Magic do have to consider as, as well. Our Road to the Finals playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. That's why it's now time to name our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Today, June 11th, is actually an anniversary. Not a good one, not a great one, but one that we'll still recognize. On June 11th, 2009, Dwight Howard set an NBA Finals record with nine blocks. Uh, in the in Game Four, of the NBA Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. That's all we're going to say about that game because uh, Dwight Howard's, you know, and when he was with the Magic, at least was awesome, and we're going to enjoy that, and we're going to forget about all the ugly parts of that game, like any missed free throws that may have happened, or bad substitution patterns, or uh, people not guarding the three point line, or doubling Kobe unnecessarily, or leaving Derek Fisher open. None of that matters. We're just going to celebrate Dwight Howard and his nine blocks because. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra helps joy create success. Remember, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So forget the nasty parts. Just enjoy with Michelob Ultra. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm thumbing through the, through the comments here, so I'm, I'm trying to catch up to a lot of what you've been saying. Um, Eric Pedrosa says KP makes us a treadmill team and once again gets in the way of understanding what we have in our young players. I'm okay losing for a couple seasons to figure that out. Um, I think that's fair. Um, and, and I think if I'm looking for a veteran, I want a guy that's, um, that's, that's a leader. Um, that can be a kind of a good influence in the locker room. And I'm not sure that Christoph Porzingis could be that. That's one of the reasons why I'm sort of against it. I get the skill fit. I get the needs that, that he brings. Again, a lot of this comes down to who the magic draft. If the magic draft uh, are in position to draft a guard, if the Magic um, feel like that guard is ready to play pretty quickly, then be aggressive. Um, there's no reason to wait You can, if you can be aggressive and put yourself in a position, especially, you know, kind of on that treadmill, treadmill thought. Um, the Magic, you know, again, and I, I see this too, um, you know, Eric Pedrosa saying, seems like a, an attempt to rush the rebuild if you go after a guy like Porzingis. Um, remember, while the Magic are kind of starting over, they do have a lot of young guys already in place. You know, Jonathan Isaac's still under, still under 25. Um, you know, they got RJ Hampton. They got Cole Anthony. They got Wendell Carter Jr. They got Markel Fultz. They have a lot of young players already. Um, and so if you add in another, you add in another rookie plus kind of a higher level veteran player like a Porzingis, it's okay if, th- if next year, you know, you just missed the playoffs and then the next year you're kind of in the 7-8 seed and then you can figure out where to go. Um, you've got to just kind of keep, you know, you've got young guys. You can keep building. You can keep growing. If this team's a treadmill team, they have the potential to be more. I, you know, I said this throughout the last three years. You're only stuck if you're only stuck if you don't have a way forward. You're only stuck if you can't get better. If you don't seem to be able to get better, that's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. And that's where the Magic eventually got themselves to last year when they looked at their roster. They said. You know, we've tried this. We tried to get better. We can't get better. This is as good as it's going to get. Um, and they saw the, the opportunity to kind of restart their franchise and restart the team. The Magic right now um, have ways to get better. Um, that's, that's, that's the first and foremost thing. The Magic have ways to get better. And if you add this draft pick, that pick can get better. Um, and so if you add another veteran, it kind of provides some stability. And as, as everyone noted, a safety valve, which is one of the reasons why I didn't want to let go of Nikola Vucevic. If you add that safety valve, that consistent veteran that can just give you a consistent 18 a game, that, that'll help this team grow too. Um, so it, there's definitely a balance, I think, between trying to win and trying to develop. You can't just be about development. You've got to be a little bit about winning. You can't just be about winning. You've got to try and develop a little bit too. That, I think, was one of the mistakes of the last rebuild under Rob Hennigan was they were all about trying to develop, and they weren't very good at it and not enough about winning. And that hurt the development in the end was there was that they just, they weren't ready to win. They, they couldn't get, they couldn't coalesce around a, a player to help them win. They didn't have a coach that could really help them win. Um, and so I think that's, that's a really big, um, that's a really big, big thing to consider too. There's a balance there. There has to be a balance there. Um, Alex Simpson at, says, is coaching a team like this version of the magic, essentially a proving ground. seems like the development has to be the metric to judge by certainly can't be wins. Um, I agree. I, I think, I think it is, um, you know, I think a coach that comes in, you know, has to, I mean, a coach that comes in, comes in with very little pressure to win. 
Um, that's kind of first and foremost. The way that they'll be judged, judged, especially that first year, will be about how much better players get and how players are responding to their coaching. But to be sure, you can't just hire a coach that's in there to develop and take losses. Um, that's kind of what Jacques Vaughn was. Uh, Jacques Vaughn was there to take losses, um, and everyone kind of knew it. Everyone kind of sensed when he was hired, he was there to take losses, to try and pick guys up and, and keep them focused and keep them optimistic, even as they were losing. But uh, but when the team had to flip that switch to try and win, he, did, he didn't teach them how to win. So again, there is a balance there. I mean, what the Magic did this season was was a really solid job, to be perfectly honest, as far as that goes. Because they were trying to win for so much of the season. Um, and then, but they were also trying to get better. They're also trying to improve. And then they kind of flipped that switch to just being all about letting the young guys play. And again, yes, young guys got better. I thought Cole Anthony got a lot better as the season went on. I thought that obviously RJ Hampton got a lot better as the season went on. Uh, and uh, RJ Hampton got a lot better as the season went on. Um, you know, a, a lot of these guys got better. But you still need to be able to turn that into winning at the end of the day. I mean, a lot of our questions about the Hawks, especially this season early in the year, was were they ready to win? Did Trey Young actually know how to win? And obviously, he was a very, very skilled player. The Hawks went for it, adding a bunch of veterans, using their caps, using their cap space to get some salary dumps, uh, and put themselves in a position to win basketball games. They had the wrong coach, though. Lloyd Pierce was a good cheerleader when they were struggling, um, but when they needed to win, he couldn't figure out how to win. And they were lucky that Nate McMillan was on the bench and a guy that has done nothing but win in the same way that Steve Clifford has won and helped teach that team really how to win and, and really coalesce a little bit around them. So I think that I think that the coach has to be able to do both. Um, winning still has to matter. They may not win next year. They may not win a ton next year, but winning still has to matter. And if winning doesn't matter, they've hired the wrong coach. That's that's really That's really how I feel. I mean... I still have scars from Jacques Vaughn. I call Jacques Vaughn the original sin. And it's not that Jacques Vaughn's a bad person. Um, it's not even that Jacques Vaughn won't one day be a good, good head coach. But that was the wrong hire for this team. And honestly, some of it was Hennigan had the wrong idea for this team. If the Magic can, can win quickly, they should try and win quickly. If it's going to take two years, it should take two years. You shouldn't rush it. But you got to, again, you got to figure out what that traffic is. You got to figure out what they add to the team uh, and, and all that. Uh, I'm talking my head off here. I'm trying to get through these comments. Um, if you have uh, uh, if you have a question you want to ask me directly, you can go ahead and make a speaker request, um, and I'll I'll I'll, li- I'll listen to your question and talk with you a little bit directly there. Um, I know I tend to to drone on. I'm starting to to need to cough a little bit. I might have to go grab some water in a little bit. Um, but but if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to jump on with the question with the questions. Um, I'll continue scrolling through the comments here. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about um, the Porzingis thing. It's just more fan speculation. Um, Daniel Morrison says, wonder what happens to our veterans with Cliff being gone. I think MCW and Bacon are now both gone. Um, I thought Dwayne Bacon was always going to be gone. I, I didn't see a real good fit for him. Um, he kind of was a roster filler at the end of the day, and you always flip those around. Michael Carter-Williams, I am still – I'd like to see him back, to be perfectly honest. Um, this team, This team needs veteran players. Um, they are extremely young. I am still a little bit hesitant with how young this team is. Um, I, I really think they need a veteran player. I, I, I think Michael Carter-Williams is the perfect veteran. I'd like, I'd like veterans in two spots for this team. I want a veteran guard to kind of be, uh, kind of oversee all the young point guards the Magic have. Um, they have a lot of young guards in Markel Fultz, uh, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, 
they need, I think, one guard, whether it's a shooting guard or a point guard, preferably someone who could handle the ball a little bit, to just kind of be an old head, just kind of be a guy that's, that's putting the right thoughts in their mind, um, someone that just that's just invested in their development as as a veteran player. Um, so I think that I think that Michael Carter Williams is really perfect for that role. Um, you know, you don't need to start him. He's not going to threaten anyone's playing time. He comes off the bench. He defends defends really hard, plays really hard, creates a little chaos. Um, I think the Magic desperately need that. I, I would do everything I could to keep Michael Carter Williams. And then the other place that I think the Magic should look for a veteran is either like a veteran four or five, you know, like a James Johnson type, someone who's just going to be a grinder. You know, I don't need him to score any points. I just need him to work hard and give the team a little bit of physicality. Um, I, I, I really think that those are the two areas where the Magic could could afford some veterans. I wouldn't trade, and I know it's up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, um, a prediction from from our Andres Rivera suggesting that the Magic would trade both Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. I would keep one of them. Um, I think you just need you just need to sprinkle veterans in among this group, you know, very judiciously. Um, you know, Terrence Ross isn't going to get in anyone's way. He's he's there to shoot. He's there to make things easier for everyone. Gary Harris is a great defender, a great team guy. I, a shot, obviously, I still think needs to come around. Um, but he he does a lot of really good things. And he, again, he's an expiring contract. He isn't going to hurt you in the end, at the end of the day as far as your cap flexibility unless you decide to resign him or he becomes too expensive to resign. Um, you, this team just needs to keep some veterans around, some guys who just know what they're doing. And again, Gary Harris isn't even that old. You know, Terrence Ross is one of the few players over 30. Um, you know, I, honestly, I wouldn't be against bringing back James Ennis. I know he's seeking a, a three or four year deal, which I don't think he'll get from the Magic. Um, but I, I just think the Magic just need to make sure they have veterans around because the young guys need veterans who can teach them how to play in the league and teach them the right things to think about. And again, that's why we can't discount winning. That's why winning, I think, especially early in the season, has to matter. You know, you can't go into a season, I think, doing a full, like, full tank job. You can't go into a season expecting to be bad. Um, I, I think that's really bad for young teams. They need to go into the season believing they can make the playoffs, believing, hey, if we develop the right way, if we keep our nose to the ground, if we trust the coach, we can make the playoffs. I don't see a re- especially in Eastern Conference, I don't see a reason why the Magic can't think that, why the Magic shouldn't think that, why the Magic won't do that. But the Magic have to, but the Magic have to put the roster together to do it. And that's why, you know, again, I don't think Porzingis is the right idea. I, I think that another idea will come along as as the season develops. Um, but, but um, I think another idea will will develop will come around as the off season develops. But the Magic need to put themselves in a position where maybe if everything goes right, they can win. Um, and, and then to begin building along that line. Um, there's an interesting article uh, on cleveland.com, I believe, about the Cavaliers. And they're, year, they're four years out from, from LeBron leaving, I believe. Um, or they're a couple years out, they're three years out from LeBron leaving. Uh, and, they were, and, and they asked, how long do rebuilds take? And they looked at how long rebuilds took in Phoenix. It was, what, 10 years between playoff berths, Atlanta, um, you know, they, they looked at how long rebuilds take and they, and, and, and their GM Kobe Altman said, you know, we're right on schedule. You know, we, we felt like, you know, we were, we're still collecting our young talent. You know, we thought we could maybe make the playoffs if Kevin Love were healthy. Um, and, and they, they, tr- they, you know, they, they aren't trying to push themselves forward too quickly. They're, they're still, I think, very heavily invested in Colin Sexton and in Darius Garland and what they can be. Uh, they got Jared Allen. They've done a really good job, I think, collecting some young players, that can give them at least a belief they can make the playoffs. Um, if not, if not, if not actually get there. Now they're trying to hit that next stage. It sounds like now they're expecting Sexton and Garland 
to kind of take that next step for them, um, to take that to take take that next uh, place next place for them, uh, and help them get to that next level. And I think again, they have a good they have a good draft pick in this year's draft. They add another veteran player, they might be able to get there a lot. And honestly, Kevin Love could be that veteran player. Um, a healthy Kevin Love could help them a lot. Um, that could help them kind of take that next step and, and be a surprise team. In the East. It doesn't obviously, um, it doesn't obviously help. Oh boy, someone spamming our room again. That's no fun. Um, I, I apologize to everyone. Uh, someone, someone spamming our our chat room. So I, I appreciate everyone's patience once again. It's the second straight week that something like this has happened. Um, trying to catch up to comments here. Ty Gibby says. My uh, Ty Gibby uh, is asking, I think about Josh Giddy. Uh, shoot, hold on. Sorry, someone's spamming. Someone is spamming our room. I might have to uh, shut down the chat for a little while. Um, I apologize to everyone. I'm going to shut down the chat for a little while. Um, let's uh, hear. Let's hear from Daniel Mortensen. I apologize, everyone. Someone was spamming our chat room. Uh, let's hear from Daniel Mortensen. Uh, Daniel, how, how's it going, man? Doing good, Philip. How about yourself? Daniel, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, how's it going, man? Going well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm very frustrated that 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 my 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 locker room's getting spammed again. Hey, you know, what are you gonna do? People, people, people like to rain on everyone's fun. Uh, thanks, thanks everyone for your patience. Um, Daniel, what do you have today? I have a question. Actually, I have two questions for you. Uh, one, is there anybody you don't want to see become head coach? And then two. Uh, kind of a little off topic. What draft pick of the Magics throughout the history uh, did you swear up and down was going to make it and just never quite panned out? Oh boy, um, you know I, I think I'll have to think. I'll think about that second question while I ask uh, answer the first one. Um, I don't really have a coach that I'm dead set against. Uh, if that makes sense, um, you know I think that um, I, I again. I, I, I'm fairly educated. Like I, I, I feel like I have a fairly good sense of what role assistant coaches have, what, you know, what head coaches are trying to do, what head coaches are trying to accomplish. Um, I feel like I have a good sense of that, um, as a media member, but even I can recognize that I don't know everything. Um, you know, like I, I, I'll, I'll, I just threw a lot of support, uh, earlier on the show on David Vanterpool and, um, uh, on David Vanterpool and, and what I think he can do. But, you know, again, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what his role was with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and how that translates to being a head coach uh, and, and what is added extra on top of that. Um, I, I do know that one of the coaches that, that even I've suggested as a potential head coach for the Orlando Magic and someone who is getting some buzz uh, in the coaching carousel as well, um, you know, interviewed with the Magic before. And I had heard, you know, through uh, one of my sources that, he had a really terrible interview that, that he just, just did not mesh well with the team. Um, and, and this was at the very, very early stages of the rebuild of, of Rob Hennigan. Um, and he's up again. And I definitely have my question marks, um, you know, especially because he's been, I mean, he's been a head coach. He's been a head coach. You know, I, 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 I'll go ahead and say it. Um, a source had told me that Brian Shaw's interview with the Orlando Magic went very, very poorly um, when he first interviewed with the team. Uh, he obviously became the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. He, said that he did not really relate well to the young players on the Nuggets during his, his year and a half there. Um, and then he went, at, went to the G League and coached for the Ignite and did a really good job with the Ignite. So, you know, my initial instinct is to say, Brian Shaw probably isn't my guy. And I don't think you hire a coach specifically 
to coach, you know, because he has a relationship with the previous player. Um, I don't think that works out all the time. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe Brian Shaw has learned from his first coaching job, uh, from being in the G League, from working with young guys. Maybe he's gotten better. Um, so uh, I, I would say I would say that, that that probably makes some sense. I would still kind of stay away from him. I'm still a little scarred from that, but it was a previous ownership. It was a couple years ago. It was one job, a couple jobs ago. Who knows? Maybe he's gotten better. He certainly deserves another chance somewhere, it would seem. Um, I, I, I think I'm probably in the minority here too. Um, I'm probably uh, not a fan of bringing in Penny Hardaway um, just because I don't think he's ready. And, and, I'm, and, I, and I say that meaning he's obviously got a lot of work to do at Memphis. He's done a great job recruiting at Memphis. I want to see the wins at Memphis before he takes the leap to the NBA. Um, I don't mind him going through the process. I think he absolutely should go through the process and see what an NBA interview is like and, and get an understanding of what that's like if that's what he wants to do, which it appears it is. Um, but um, but, uh, but I, I think that he's just not ready for the job uh, and for everything it entails. Um, so I'd like to see him get a little bit more experience as a head coach at Memphis, go to the NCAA tournament a few times. I mean, winning the NIT is a really good thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it does feel like Memphis has underperformed its talent um, in his three years at Memphis. He hasn't gotten to the NCAA tournament yet. Um, so I, I would like to see Penny get more experience. And, and I think it's really important to remember, coaches get hired to get fired all the time. So the coach the Magic are hiring today is probably not the coach that's going to lead them to a championship. It's probably not the coach that's going to take them to that next step. You know, you look at guys like Lloyd Pierce, like Brett Brown, like Kenny Atkinson. They do a good job developing a team at its initial stage. But they, but they always, they always struggle to get past that that next step, and some of it's because of time. Players get tired and, and tired of listening to the same coach. They need a new voice occasionally. And you look at what Doc Rivers has done, taking that team to the next level. Obviously, Brooklyn's kind of its own situation. You look at Nate McMillan, what he's done. They're going to need a new voice at, at a certain point. I mean, I would even argue with Steve Clifford. Um, you know, I, I argue all the time. Steve Clifford is a foundation building coach. He is a coach that does a good job taking teams to that first layer of the playoffs, but. I, I would say that, you know, not that the not that players tuned him out, but everyone sensed the end was coming this year. And you could tell by the way that they played that they knew that the end was coming. And, and the Magic were picking Clifford over the players at that point. But, but you know, you can, you can definitely sense that, that that's where things... Um, you know, when it comes to the draft, I do get a lot wrong. Everyone who covers the draft gets a lot wrong. I thought Mario Zoni was going to be a great pick. I thought that he was the right guy. I, t- I told everyone on draft night in 2014 that the Jazz had the draft I wanted the Magic to have when they picked Dante Exum and Rodney Hood. Um, that both have had injury issues. Maybe they're not quite the players they would have become. But I, I was certainly more in on that draft for those two than Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton. Um, so I think that I think that um, that's definitely part of the puzzle. Let's take another quick break so I can tell you about our friends at Bet Online. The Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action too. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at Built Bar. I've had a lot of the Built Bar flavors. They're all really, really good. Um, you know, I, I'm 
particular fan of the double chocolate. Um, I'm just usually a fan of chocolate in general. Um, but built bars are different than any protein bar that I've ever had. Um, usually you go to the supermarket, those protein bars are like 350 calories. They don't taste quite right. You know, you know you're tasting a protein bar. That's not really the case with built bar. It's not only low calorie protein snack, it's also really good tasting. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein. Only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the other flavors have a little bit more protein, but still only 180 calories. This is a pure snack supplement product, not a full meal replacement like you see with some of those other bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast as well. Today on Locked On Today, does a college football playoff expansion hurt Notre Dame? And if it does, why haven't they done it already? Well, that, that, that part's just for me. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Hi, Gibby joking that uh, Giannis is getting traded to the Magic soon. That's not likely, but um, I will note that with the second pick, the Magic very, very well um, could um, could um, the Magic very, very well could take a Giannis-like player. Um, I put this bug in everyone's ears. Josh Giddy uh, led the Australian Australian NBL in assists. He is a small forward uh, who is a very, very strong kind of point guard type player, and obviously the Magic have Markel Fultz, who you don't really want off the ball too much, but with Cole Anthony and even to some extent, um, it's uh, Cole Anthony and to some extent, RJ Hampton, they work better off the ball. So I think uh, Josh Giddy is definitely a name you should have on your radars as far as who the Magic might pick. He fits the Magic style for bringing in guys with long wingspans. Um, the other guy, of course, is Scotty Barnes. Um, I did a mock draft with the Locked On Podcast Network, um, all the non-lottery team, all the lottery teams did a mock draft. We did our version 2.0 um, earlier this week. I think that sound is up. I, I played it on Locked On Magic as well. Um, with the ninth pick, I got Scotty Barnes. Um, I have him as my number six guy on my board right now. Um, just a, a six, eight, you know, kind of point forward type guy. He's got to improve his shot a little bit, but I like his defense. You know, those Florida State guys all defend really, really well. Um, uh, and, and they do a lot of a lot of really good things. So I'm definitely on board with someone like, uh, like Scotty Barnes as well. So Definitely keep an eye on some of those kind of, you know, unicorn type players. Um, you know, I know we spent some time talking about Porzingis rumors. Um, and again, I don't think there's much to them as far as magic go. I don't think that's what the magic want to do. As Jeff Altman said, they're not seeking a sugar high, which I think uh, Porzingis would certainly be. Um, but the magic are, but the, but the magic are always open to guys who have unique skill sets. And, and with the second draft pick magic, do have the opportunity to roll the dice a little bit on someone. Um, I think Barnes would be a really good pick. I think Moody would be a really good pick. I like Moses Moody a lot. Um, and I think that Josh Giddy would be someone to definitely consider. I don't know if I'd pick him there, but he's definitely someone that I would consider and look at as well. Um, thanks everyone for, for coming into the room. Um, if you have any magic questions, uh, obviously we've got that Juwan, that Juwan Howard report coming down. Um, Ralph Henry says, I wonder what the timeline will be for the coaching search. So here's what I think is going on right now. Let me, let me lay out the timeline or, or how I see the timeline going. Um, right now, the Magic are probably putting a list together. Um, and so I think what you're seeing with all these rumors coming out is kind of all the coaches who are interested in head coaching jobs are tr- are going through their agents to put their names out there. I think a lot of what we're seeing from uh, 
a lot of what we're seeing from these reports are not team driven. I think a lot of them are agent driven or coach driven, just trying to make sure their name is out there, make sure that, that, you know, they're letting the teams know, Hey, we'd be interested in an interview. We're interested in meeting a head coach. And I think right now the magic are trying to just get a basic list together of guys they want to interview of, of, of people they want to vet. Um, I think we're still in kind of the vetting stage of the coaching search where the magic are just, you know, going through their list of candidates, probably reviewing notes from their previous coaching search. Remember, this is Jeff Waltman's second coaching search. Um, we'll see a lot of the same names. Ime Yudoka, I believe, interviewed for the Orlando Magic. Um, David Vanderpool has interviewed for the Orlando Magic twice. Terry Stotts was a guy the Magic were interested in if he got fired in 2018 as well. A lot of these guys are the same names. So I'm sure the Magic are kind of regathering those notes, um, updating their files, updating their kind of, uh, it, you know, like, uh, Intel intelligence files, essentially, like I always joke that NBA front offices are actually like very, very advanced intelligence gathering uh, outfits. Um, the Magic are probably just kind of kind of double checking and vetting their intelligence and figuring out who they actually want to interview and kind of narrowing that list down to maybe five or six, six people. I would be, I would believe that they'll spend this week and next week kind of doing that, starting to, re, you know, maybe toward the end of next week, starting to reach out to candidates for interviews, trying to bring people in, just trying to get a, a feel for people as well. You know, the beauty of Zoom is they can conduct those interviews fairly quickly. Um, and, and on that part, on that person's time, especially if they're still in the NBA playoffs as well as if they get permission to talk to them. Um, then I think they put the coaching search a little bit on pause to go to the draft combine. Now, June 21st is the draft combine. June 22nd is the NBA draft lottery. They'll be at that combine all week. They're probably going to be focused on interviewing uh, draft prospects, scheduling stuff with draft prospects that week. So the coaching search probably goes on the back burner. And then I would expect the Magic would try and make, you know, obviously they'll have draft stuff to do, but they'll start sprinkling that coach stuff in that last week of June. So I would, I would um, you know, the draft is on July 29th. I would bet that the Magic don't want to go too far into the draft process without the coach there just to kind of get a feel for what the coach wants uh, and the kind of vision that the coach has for the team. And make sure that his questions are make sure that he's he or she because we can't forget Becky Hammond, of course. Um, as, and I would I I I am still going to bang this drum. I, all respect to Becky Hammond, I think that she should get a shot. She should definitely get an interview. Definitely get a shot here at a, at a head coaching job soon. If Cheryl Reeve of the Minnesota Lynx wants to coach an NBA team, give her the chance. Um, she is a very very good coach with the Minnesota Lynx. I know that she is she's the general manager and coach of the Lynx right now. Um. But if, if she ever wanted an NBA job, I would leap to go get her because she is a hell of a coach uh, uh, for the for the Lynx as well. And I would, I would look at some WNBA coaches, to be perfectly honest with you. There's some good ones out there. Um, but I would bet that the Magic will begin bringing candidates in for more formal interviews, maybe bring ownership in that first week of July. And I would imagine that we will see a new head coach for the Orlando Magic the week after July 4th. Um, so that week of July 5th, week of July 12th. Um, so that there's two weeks before the NBA draft for that coach to kind of get involved in the draft process and make that kind of the, his priority uh, to help this team advance further. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a process. I would not expect a new coach announced until at least, you know, at the earliest, the first week of July, um, more likely after July 4th is when I would expect a new coach in place. That that would be that would be my pr- prediction of what the process is going to be like right now, if that if that helps. So. Uh, definitely a good question, Raph. I think that was a that was a good thing to bring out. Um, the Magic, you know, we know Jeff Waltman. He's going to be very, very thorough. They vet everything. They're going to go through everything that they can uh, to have the to have this coaching search be right. Um, so I would I would expect this to be a little bit of a process, and 
and you know, again, the magic hold thing's very, very close to the vest. Um, they don't leak anything to the media. Um, honestly, they they do not leak anything to the media. Uh, so I would I would not expect a lot coming out of the Magic's camp. Anything you do see, um, unless it's coming from Josh Robbins of the Athletic, to be perfectly honest, is probably not coming from the Magic themselves. Uh, so uh, I, I would I would I would say be patient with this. There's going to be a long time where we don't hear anything, and then all of a sudden it's all going to happen. We're going to hear we're going to hear about the new coach uh, and try to figure out who it is because. You know, again, in all likelihood, it's also someone that we're not thinking of. Um, that's 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 kind of how these coaching searches go. The big names that we hear about are big names for a reason. You know, because maybe their agents are in front, or there's players that that are backing them. But um, oftentimes, it's not exactly who we think. Um, we've been going here for 45 minutes. I appreciate everyone for joining the joining the podcast or joining the uh, the locker room. Uh, appreciate everyone for uh, sitting sitting through um, uh, the the spam that we got. Uh, I apologize for that. I will let the powers that be know what happened on that as well. Um, thankfully, it wasn't as bad as last week's. If you have any more comments or questions, feel free to drop them in the in the chat function, or you can make a speaker request and uh, come on the show and ask your question live. Um, obviously, there's not a lot going on in the Magic Kingdom right now. We're just kind of waiting for the coach the coach to go. Um, Daniel Morrison asked, where does Cliff go, Portland or Indiana? Um, I actually think that Clifford probably won't get a head coaching job. Um if he gets a head coaching job this year, uh, he actually doesn't get his salary from the Magic um, for that for that final year on his contract. So I actually kind of think Clifford's going to end up taking the year off. Um, it would not surprise me if he pops up on a bench somewhere, like if he's the lead assistant in Boston for a new coach or like he's Chauncey Billups' lead assistant in Portland or something like that. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he ends up back with Tom Thibodeau in New York. Um, it, it, it It feels like... Clifford, I mean, it feels like Clifford is going to take a little bit of a break um, from, from the head job and obviously kind of bide his time for the right opportunity. You know, again, I think that Clifford Clifford needs to win. Um, I think that's ultimately why he decided to, 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 to step down was that he didn't want to go through a pro- protracted rebuild. He wanted assurances that the team would be trying to win games, trying to get back in the playoffs quickly. And I don't think Jeff Waltman could give him those assurances. And, and I think the end of the year especially really weighed on Clifford. You could kind of see some of the frustration bubbling to the surface. Um, you know, he just wasn't wasn't able to get get the team where he wanted them to be. Um, and young players are very, very difficult to deal with. And while I think Clifford is very good with young players, he's good with them in the context of a winning environment. And so I think so I think that, you know, I think Clifford would be a great fit in Portland. I think he'd be a great fit in Indiana. I think he'd be a great fit in Boston. I think he's a very, very good coach. Um, and uh, I think he's a very, very good coach. And, and, and I think that, you know, you give him the opportunity, he's going to succeed, especially in the same way that he did in Orlando. And he just needs a roster that could give him a chance to do a whole lot more. I mean, he just never had a really great roster. I think that he's going to be careful about the next head coaching job he takes. He's going to make sure that it's a, it's a team that can take him to that next step that can accomplish that goal that he wants to accomplish. And I see we're getting spammed again, which is fantastic. Um, uh, so um, I saw a question here too uh, on draft workouts. So excuse me while I scroll up to, to track it down again, since we're getting spammed once again. Um, I will, I will ma- again, make sure the powers that be know about that as well. Um, apologize for this. Uh, I'm trying to find your question here. Um, it was about draft workouts. Are the ma- uh, I think the question was essentially, are the magic conducting draft workouts already? I see you saw other teams conducting them as well. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to shut down the chat because we're getting spammed again. Um, no, there it is. Um, Sorry about that. I'm going to, I'm going to shut down the chat. I apologize, everyone. Um, I saw a question there about are the magic conducting draft workouts already? Um, again, the magic do a very good job keeping their, keeping their cards close to the vest. 
it is very possible the Magic are conducting draft workouts already of, of kind of lower lower tier guys, of second round guys. Um, the Magic have reopened their practice facility from everything I can gather. Um, they, they literally, uh, Jeff Waltman literally sent everyone out of the building the first couple of weeks after the season ended um, because of, um, just because they were refinishing the floor. They were literally like refin- refinishing the floor. Um, so even the front office staff had to vacate the premises um, because of the chemicals and fumes. Um, but I've seen RJ Hampton post some video, some photos from inside the building. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen some of the players posting some stuff inside the building. So I think the practice court is open again. Uh, I, I would, I would expect that the magic are doing some draft workouts, but obviously the big workouts that they want to do, they're not going to, they're probably either not going to be able to bring those guys in specifically for workouts or they'll have to go to pro days at agencies. I think what, what we've seen a lot over the last few years is agents taking control of that kind of workout, uh, workout situation where they'll have pro days. So like clutch will have a pro day at their facility and teams will have to come to them. And all that the teams will do is maybe get an interview. Um, I know that, you know, obviously last year was different because of COVID, but the magic went to Miami to, to, to meet with and watch Cole Anthony Um, the magic before went to New York. They never actually worked out Jonathan Isaac. They went to New York and met with Jonathan Isaac. Um, So uh, I do think the magic are probably working out some guys. Um, You know, obviously they have a a summer league roster to fill. They have a G league team to fill. Um, The assistant coaches are all still in place. They're all still under, under contract. So those guys are probably working with the front office as well. Uh, to, to kind of get get the team back on get the team back uh, on track, but you know, again, the Magic are are definitely doing their due diligence. I think on a lot of guys. So another question about Ty Corbin. Do you think uh, about Ty Corbin? First, I think Ty Corbin should absolutely get an interview with the Magic. He's a pre, he's an experienced head coach. Guys seem to really respond to him when when he was the acting head coach at three and three. Um, so I think that I think that he should absolutely get an interview. I don't think he'll get the job, um, but I think Corbin should absolutely get an interview. I would also interview Pat Delaney, who's also been in line. For head coach, and I would make sure whoever the new head coach is, especially if it's a first-time head coach, make sure that he has a very good staff. Make sure that on his staff is a experienced head coach who could kind of be a good guiding hand. Just like the team needs veterans, the coaching staff needs veterans too. And I think that was a mistake that Jacques Vaughn made with his coaching staff. He did not have a, a very veteran staff to, to kind of help him uh, help him grow too. So I think I think though that'll that'll be a very very big deal for the Magic. Um, like I said, I had to turn the chat off because of some spam. So if you have any lingering questions, please feel free to make a speaker request and ask the question of me directly. I apologize again for the spam. Um, thankfully, it was nothing vulgar, but um, spam is spam nonetheless. I will be sure to let the powers that be know about it. Um, let me see if I can get back in it. Um, uh, Herc Kenderson asked us a couple minutes ago, interest in KP. Um, I'm not, I personally, I'm not interested. I don't think that's the path the Magic should take. But I think something like that is is definitely something that should be a little bit open. Um, I don't know what the hell this is. Um, should be a little bit open. I think that the magic should be. Um, I think the magic shouldn't close the door on anything uh, at, at this point. But um, but again, uh, but again, I don't think Porzingis is the right move for the magic at this point. Um, so uh, I, I think that the magic are going to be very very patient with their build right now. Um, if there are no more questions, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think we'll be, I think we'll start to wrap things up here. Um, if you ever have any Orlando magic questions, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as at Philip RR underscore OMD. I, I, like I say all the time, I love interacting with you guys. I love talking with you guys. Um, I definitely feel that, um, I definitely feel like I get a lot of good ideas and good conversation from you guys. I, I crowdsource. I'm not going to be, I'm not ashamed of it. 
um, what you guys are talking about or what I want to be talking about, uh, my audience, my listeners are what makes this show go and what makes my work work. Um, so I, I really do appreciate all, all everything that y'all, that y'all provide. And I really do appreciate this opportunity to interact directly with you. Never be afraid to, to ask me a question, whether it's here in the locker room or online. I, 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 I'm usually, I try to be very even handed and fair handed. I try very hard not to dismiss anyone's perspective. Um, when it comes to magic because at the end of the day, you know, we're all, we're all fans, I think, and we all want the same thing. So, um, I try not to, I try not to act like I know more than you because, you know, I might have some access. I might, you know, think about this team in, in a different way, but you know, we, I, I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to try and give some perspective that I can. I'm not here to try and get into arguments as much as I can there. So I appreciate all of you and I appreciate all your conversation and your help, um, with, with, with everything that, that I do and, and appreciate you listening and, and, and signing. Um, um, well, we'll finish out with what with the with the kind of history question that Daniel Mortensen's asking. Who is the second best free agent signing in Magic history? Obviously, T Mac is number one. I think I think there are two in the running here. Um, I think that the the top three best free agent signings are for sure T Mac, um, Hall of Fame player, obviously, and Hall of Famer with the Orlando Magic. Uh, number two or number three has to be signing Horace Grant in '94 or signing Richard Lewis in '07. Um, those two moves probably had the biggest impact on the Magic winning a championship. Or two, those two free agent moves probably had the biggest impact on the Magic winning a championship uh, or, or competing for a championship. They've not won a championship yet. Um, competing for a championship that any move the Magic had made. Uh, I'm a big fan of that Horace Grant signing. Uh, he gave the Magic some toughness. He gave the Magic uh, some veteran know-how that really accelerated their rebuild, accelerated their build with Shaq and Penny. They don't make the finals in 95 without Horace Grant. Um, you know, I, I think that he was such a valuable player for this team. And I don't think, I don't think the magic recognize him enough in his contribution to his, to this team, uh, as much as they honestly should. Um, you know, I, I would definitely think that he is in the running for a magic hall of fame spot. I, I don't know if he's exactly, and I'd have to think about that a little bit more. Um, but Richard Lewis as well, Richard Lewis changed basketball and changed the NBA completely with the way that the magic used him. Um, that dude was an ultimate teammate. Um, he signed with the Orlando magic as the story goes. Richard Lewis signed with the Magic, as the story goes, specifically saying, I do not want to play power forward. And when Tony Batiste got hurt in camp, Stan Van Gundy, all of them came and asked Richard Lewis, we want you to play power forward. And he, without batting an eye, apparently just said, sure, I'll do whatever the team needs to do. Like he understood how good that team could be. Um, but he he knew how good that team can be. Uh, the, 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 the Magic became championship contenders because of Rashard Lewis. I know a lot of people criticize how much the Magic paid for that contract. Um, you know, I think they were bidding against themselves, but he honestly made all that money back and more with with how good the Magic became and how close they got to a title with him. Again, he changed the NBA, so I'm a big fan of the Rashard Lewis signing. Trent Murtha asks, this is off topic from the Magic. Who do you think will win Lightning versus Islanders? I'm hoping the Isles will win since they are my favorite team, but I'm not sure if they will. The Lightning are looking unstoppable. Uh, I was actually at Lightning Hurricanes last week, which is why I moved our locker room from Thursday to Wednesday. Um, I, I, I am a, I, I do like the Lightning, and if you want more on this series, you can check out Locked On Lightning as well. I, I I would say this: that Lightning defense is really good. Um, whether you like hockey or not, um, that Lightning defense is really good. They are scrappy. That like that is like the way the Lightning are playing right now to me are not the way defending Stanley Cup champions play. Like they are. This is not a pretty team. This is a gritty team. 
Um, Andre Vasilevsky is a fantastic goalie, but that defense is so good. Um, they, they really do a good job directing the puck where they want it to go. They put their bodies on the line all the time. Look, the Islanders are a really nice story. They played really, really well. But I, I don't see how the Islanders have the firepower to keep up with Tampa or can break that Tampa defense. I know a lot of people probably said that about the Bruins. Um, you know, I don't watch enough hockey to say, say that with any authority. But what I've seen from the Lightning um, during this playoff run especially, their defense has just been really on point. Um, at a certain point, you know, like experience does matter. Um, you know, the Islanders feel like they're, they're playing with borrowed money. The Lightning are just going about their business right now. Um, this is where they expect to be. This is the kind of franchise and kind of team they are. I think they expect to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, so far, I see no reason to think that they won't. Um, I think the Islanders will put up a good fight. I think they'll be able to get at least a game from the Lightning. They're, they're little, Islanders are also scrappy as hell, too, um, which in hockey goes a long way. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, kind of effort. You know, I talk about in the NBA a lot about how effort is at least half the battle. Um, you know, if you play hard, you you give yourself you give yourself a chance. Um, hockey effort is like three quarters of the battle. You gotta you gotta play really hard, especially later in these series. Islanders play hard; that'll give them a chance. But that Lightning team is super skilled. As long as they're focused, as long as they're dialed in, um, they're they're I think they're gonna be really hard to beat. So I do have the Lightning winning that series. Again, we have a great group of NHL podcasts as well, including Locked On Lightning. If you want more on the NHL, um, go Bolts, of course, and uh, hopefully the Lightning keep uh, keep Stanley home in Florida this summer. Um, with that said, now that we've officially hit hit, hit my hockey takes, um, I want to thank everyone again for joining today's locker room. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast, for listening to today's podcast or listening whenever you listen. Um, I do appreciate all of you. Uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully again next week. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA draft lottery uh, and, and what to expect on draft lottery night. That might be the night where I explain exactly how the lottery works. Um, so you'll have that to look forward to next week. Probably go again Thursday at around 5 p.m. as well. So I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast or listening to today's locker room, joining today's locker room. Um, we'll see you all again next time for another locker room here on Lockdown. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.